Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Wow. First of all, for me, it's this afternoon. I am privileged to be right now in Harnof, looking over from the Mirpeset, the Vaseret Sion, and uh, I wish it, as you know, on every one of you soon. Let's get down to business, first of all. Finally, Baruch Hashem, we've all caught up. Namely, in Eretz Yisrael, they have one parsha this week, that of Masay, back in the States. We, and in the rest of the Galut, there's two parshios of Matos and Masay, and we are together. And uh, next week, for all of us, Parshas Dvarim, before what we pray is going to be the Yom Tov of Tisha B'Av. Okay, first let's just review some of the laws of where we find ourselves now, namely the nine days. Today is Rosh Chodesh Av. Now I want you to know regarding Rosh Chodesh Av, there is only one Yorzeit mentioned in the Torah, and that is today the yard site of Aaron HaKohen. And I think that it's not by chance that Aaron HaKohen's yard site is read on Mamush. Today is Rosh Chodesh. We're going to read about it tomorrow. And the idea is, what did Aaron represent more than anything else? Havei Talmidov. Shall Aaron, Ohev Shalom, Rodev Shalom. He didn't only love peace, he was a Rodev. He pursued it. He went out of his way to make sure that there could, would be Shalom between the Jewish people. And um, it's a charge, a charge all year long, but especially where we are now during the nine days whereby remember the Hasidah with its beautiful name was a non-kosher bird why? because it did chesed but only with its own and this Shabbos before we get to the nine days before we get to Shava from Pashas Masay, this Shabbos is to be a charge to all of us to remember that there will not be one gateway to the Beis Amigdash. So all the cynics listening will say, of course not. How could so many people enter one gate? Ah, the fact that there are going to be 13 Sha'arim, wow! That makes trap no nothing to do with traffic control. It has to do not only that each shavit will have its own sha'ar, but the whole idea is that all Jews are welcomed. And as I learned from a granddaughter of mine, Lo Hakova Kovea, don't judge Jews by their specific headgear on Shabbos during the week 
or forgive me even those yet without headgear. Avas Yisrael is one that says, I love all Jews. That's what Aaron Akohen taught. That's what we need to embrace going into this Shabbos. The Gemara, at the end of the third chapter above Basra, tells us the following, that right after the second base of Migdosh was destroyed, there were many Prussian be Yisrael, meaning many ascetics who said, we're not going to eat meat and we're not going to drink wine. They meant all year long. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi tried to dissuade them, and he did so by asking, why aren't you eating meat and drinking wine? They said, what are you talking about? How can we? If meat was offered on the Mizbeach, on the altar, and now unfortunately without a base on Migdosh, we don't have a Mizbeach. How can we eat meat? How can we drink wine? Which was brought as Nisachin, which means there was a libation of wine poured on the Mizbeach. How could we drink wine? So Rabbi Yeshua said to them, If so, ayayay, you shouldn't be able to eat bread because we no longer have the mincha. Korba mincha was a meal offering. So they said, okay, we'll eat payros. But he said, oh my goodness, how could you eat payros? We don't have bikurim, which are the first fruits. So they said, okay, first fruits are wheat and barley and five specific fruits. We'll eat the others, other fruits. And, oh come on, can you live on that alone? And then the clincher was, you shouldn't drink water. Because after all, there was a special korban of Nisochamayim pouring the water on the Mizbeach, on Sukkos, that we don't do. So Rabbi Shub and Levi therefore said, look here, very important. Not to mourn, that's impossible. Because the halacha has said we are to remember. To mourn more than is possible, excessively, that you can't do. Why? The rabbis did not impose a law upon the community unless the majority of the people can keep it. So therefore, what do we do? Number one, you should leave a place by the entrance of your home unpainted, unplastered, and therefore, as you walk in and out, you remember Yerushalayim. And we have the strong, I'm going to call it a minhag, but it's not a minhag like, you know, uh, you, walk, you walk down the aisle with candles or without candles. No, 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 no. This is a widespread, accepted minhag, and especially among Ashkenazic Jewry, that we don't eat meat during the nine days. We don't drink wine during the nine days. Now, if someone is ill and they need the meat, if they can do with chicken, fine. If not, they can eat if they are ill. When it comes to Shabbos, then by all means, tonight, 
not only can we have wine for Shabbos, but even if one takes in Shabbos early tonight, they can have wine and make Kiddush while it is still sun, before sunset, while it is still technically speaking uh, not yet Shabbos in terms of the calendar. You're taking in Shabbos, Tosefah Shabbos, as it's called, adding on to Shabbos, creates Shabbos for you and your family. Good. Now, Havdallah, tomorrow night. If there is a child that can drink the wine, fine. If not, you can drink the wine by Havdallah. All right? Now, we all know that for a seum, which means the completion of a tractate of Gemara, a Seder of Mishnah, or even a book of Tanakh, says Rav Moshe, if it was learned in depth with the Mepharshim, a seum, let's be very honest, we're not looking for an excuse to eat meat. God forbid, that's not the reason we should make a seum. If it turns out that I finish during the nine days, during this coming week, and I always make a seum, I always celebrate, and it comes out, kol kavod. Even though there are those that would wait anyway for the party. But to rush your learning or to delay the learning so that it comes out and therefore you make a seum, that does not really go with the spirit of the day. Camps and maybe some hotels, if they have to, that's their cheshbon. But we who are at home should not look for a way out, but to realize that for one week, and the fact that we have this slight change of diet is a help to us to remind ourselves that we're in that period of time. In terms of um, the nine days, we talked about meat, wine, the cleaning and changing of clothing. So, we know that again, one of the restrictions of the nine days is that we do not wash and launder clothing. You have young children at home and you need to, that's a different story. If there are other exceptions, a woman going to mikvah, etc. But otherwise, we don't wear. And even if you did already, fine. If not, just know that many are careful. Why? Because during Shloshim, when one is a mourner, after the week of Shiva, for the next three weeks called Shloshim, they don't clean or launder clothing, okay? Nor do they wear freshly laundered garments. So the treatment of the week prior to Tisha B'av is Shvua Shechobo halachically like Shloshim. Okay? For Shabbos, one can wear freshly laundered clothing. All right? That is the way we follow. 
preferably not new clothing, but uh, freshly laundered can be worn for Shabbos. Okay, um, we will talk next week in Mutz Hashem, if need be, about um, the era of Tisha B'Av and the laws of Tisha B'Av. Just know that bathing for pleasure, that's a very important term, is prohibited during the nine days. Swimming is prohibited during the nine days. However, if one really does require swimming for medical reasons, okay, then it is permissible. Discuss it with your Rav. Um, now, I'll say it very carefully. During the week, and especially in our days, when people are more accustomed to bathing on a regular basis, one, especially if they spend much time out of doors, could shower, bathe regularly. However, make it shorter, make it a little bit less hot, etc. If a person goes from their air-conditioned house to their air-conditioned car to their air-conditioned office and back home, and even if they go to the store, to the air-conditioned store, come on, very possibly we can then even go by the letter of the law and perhaps not bathe each and every day, every other day, etc. This is, we are to feel and get the spirit of the nine days. Okay, let me just tell you one thing, a delicious story I once heard, and that is a Jew walked into a shoe store and said, I need two pair of shoes. One, give me your best pair of shoes that you have, the most expensive shoes. And after he tried them on, he said, now I need chas v'sholem sheikh. What's chas v'sholem sheikh? So he said, the new shoes that I bought, I'm buying the covered, greeting the Mashiach. But chas v'sholem, just in case he doesn't come, then I need the non-leather shoes, the chas v'sholem sheikh. What a way to go into it. Halavai, we felt that way. Halavai, we looked at it that way. This is where you and I have to grow into this, to really feel, to really say, I need new shoes to greet Moshiach. Just as you would buy new shoes for a child or grandchild's wedding. I need new shoes to greet Moshiach. And I need my non-leather shoes, my chas v'sholem shoes, just in case he doesn't come. A thought from Parshas Masay. Now listen carefully. Very exciting. First of all, just know that the Ramban in this week's parsha, in the second parsha of Masay, in chapter 33, Pasuk 53, that this mitzvah, right, this parsha, contains the mitzvahs asay according to the Ramban of Yeshiva Oretz. It's a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael, a mitzvah to get up, a mitzvah to call nefesh benefesh. And this is really talking to each and every one of us to come up with a good reason why we are not yet living in Eretz Yisrael. 
In chapter 35, the Torah gives us in detail the laws of the accidental murderer who's to go to an Irmiklat, meaning he is to go to a city of refuge till the Kohen Gadol dies. And an intentional murderer is to be executed. And this is spelled out very succinctly. But then, listen carefully now, in chapter 35, take a look, Psukim 31-32, that the accidental murderer is not to be given the opportunity to pay a ransom, and a murderer is not as well to be given the opportunity to pay a ransom. We don't say, okay, build a hospital and we won't kill you. No, he is to be executed. But after that comes Psukim 33 and 34, do not bring guilt on the land, in which you are living, because bloodshed is that which brings guilt upon the land, and the land, the Oretz, will not be forgiven for the blood that is shed in it except through the blood of the person who sheds it. And finally, the next verse, the next verse, Lo Sitamei, don't defile the land in which you live. But given there are no extra words in the Torah, at first glance, these last two psukim are superfluous. Murder is forgiven universally, regardless of where it's committed. So why does the Torah mention no less four times the word ha'aretz? This is certainly not a mitzvah dependent on the land. The Ramban answers by stating that while murder is indeed universally prohibited, the Torah's teaching that's especially so in the land where Hashem Shechina is present. The land of Israel, more than any other geographical location, cannot tolerate, the land can't tolerate murder. Similarly, you find at the end of Parshas Achrimos, where the Torah clearly warns the Jewish people about repeating the sins of immorality of the nations that lived in the land before them, lest they too be evicted from the land. The Torah is teaching us that the land itself is especially sensitive. Now, morality is a norm that is to be practiced in every society. Yet there too in Vayikra, at the end of Achrimos, the Torah highlights the offense and effect of morality upon the land. The land of Israel has character and personality. And due to its higher level of Kedusha, it simply cannot tolerate immorality and murder. And murder, excuse me. Now, we pray that shortly in our day, in Halavai this year, Tisha B'Av will become a holiday as the Novi Zachariah in chapter 8, Pusik 19 promises us. Okay? But in the event that we're not privileged for this year, we're going to read on Tisha B'Av night the book of Eicha. Now, what does the first Pusik say? Eicha Yashva Badad. The city sits alone. The city of Yerushalayim is all alone. In Pasuk 4, what does the Navi Yirmiyahu say? Avelei Darchei Tzion Avelot The roads of Tzion are mourning for the lack of festival pilgrims. 
Now one could argue this is a poetic continuation of the prior psukim describing that the Jewish people have gone into exile. However, I would like to understand this verse literally in keeping with our above teachings that the land, the roads of Israel are literally crying, mourning in the absence of the multitudes that come to celebrate the three pilgrim festivals annually. And similarly, on the Shabbos after Tisha B'Av, we read from the Novi, Yeshayahu, Tabru Alev, Yerushalayim. Don't just console the people, but we're talking about literally the very city, holy city, that housed the two Beis HaMikdash and will house the third. Rabbi Elio Lapian, had a condition that necessitated him to expectorate, in simple English, to spit. When he came to Eretz Yisrael, he refused to spit on the ground. Why? The land itself is holy. The land itself has feelings. This is substantiated by the end of the Gemara Subos 112b, that Rebchia Bargamda used to roll in the dust of Eretz Yisrael. Why is he playing in the dust? To fulfill that which is found in Tehillim 112.15. For your servants have cherished our stones and favored her dust. And interestingly, this is the source of the minhag of putting in, er- in Chutzla Eretz some soil from Eretz Yisrael upon the dead who are buried in Chutzla Eretz. And similarly, the Rambam in Hilchos Molochim teaches that great sages would kiss the borders of Eretz Yisrael, kiss its stones, and roll in its dust. The Gemara in Megillah 29a teaches that the Bate Knesios, Bate Medrashos, the synagogues, the study halls in Bavel outside of Israel are destined to be established in Eretz Yisrael in the Messianic era. And the Marshah, in his commentary on this Gemara, writes that the land of Israel in its entirety has a Kedusha, a holiness similar to a Beisach Knesset, and based upon the above, listen to this everybody, the Vilna Gaon, you know what it means to pine for Eretz Yisrael? The Vilna Gaon at the end of his davening would walk an additional four Amos in his synagogue in Vilda. What are you doing? Exercising? No. I am fulfilling to the best of my ability, he said, the rabbinic dictum to walk four Amos in the land of Israel. Amazing. Okay, so first of all, I can only tell you a delicious Gemara in Ksubo 75a where the Navi, excuse me, Tillim 87.5 speaks about this man and this man, Ish Ish, Yuladba, that was born there. Who was born there? Those who were actually born there and those that are mitzapeh, those that yearn. So every form you're asked to fill out and you put your address, stop and say, I don't yet have an address on Sha'olson. I don't yet have an address on Rechov Reuven, or whatever the Rechov that you're living is. However, that's where I want to be. That's what this Shabbos of the nine days has to arouse in each and every one of us. And finally, 
This is demonstrated our love by longing to be there, our endeavoring to enhance and improve the process of Yeshiva Oretz. We come here not only to recharge our batteries, but to connect firsthand with the land of constant miracles. But in our prioritization of our stucker, Yeshiva institutions, Chesed institutions, and Eretz Yisrael should be one of our priorities, allowing us to literally participate in the mitzvah of Yeshiva Oris. And finally, I say, let's not forget the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. There was a big tumult in the tour as to whether or not in the Alamichio we include the words Lecho Mipiria to Lisboa Matuva to eat of the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. And the Bach, in his commentary on the tour in Orachayim 208, teaches that the land itself has Kedusha. The trees that bear the fruit have Kedusha. And therefore, when we come to Eretz Yisrael and when we live in Eretz Yisrael and we imbibe the fruit of Eretz Yisrael, we are ingesting Kedusha and we become uplifted spiritually even from only eating of the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. I take this opportunity to wish everybody a wonderful Shabbos. Please God, we should be privileged very soon that these nine days should be transformed to happy nine days. But if we're not yet worthy, then let us be mitzapeh. Let us yearn, let us pine, and let us be so thankful and grateful that we are often vague on the way to the coming of the Mashiach, to the building of the third Beis HaMikdash. Shabbat Shalom to all.